From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Friday, February 9th, the day after the NBA trade, trade deadline 2018. We welcome you inside. We welcome Jordan Brickman back to the show. This was going to be an all-star break podcast, and then yesterday happened, and we realized that we needed to move this up. Um... <laughs> Because a whole lot of stuff happened, including the Cuban Cleveland Cavaliers totally and completely reshaping their roster. Um, let's start here, Jordan. The Cavs were a mess. They weren't going anywhere. I think everybody knew that. Um, what do you foresee... Uh, what do you... Uh, a, before all these moves, where did you foresee this run ending for them, and now B, after making all these moves and acquiring Clarkson and Nance and Hood and George Hill and losing Shumpert and Fry and and Isaiah, where do you see them ending up? So, I think that these trades make them better, uh, but I actually don't see a difference in where they end up uh, compared to where they were before. I, With the team with LeBron, I, I'm going to take them to win the East every year. Um, I think the Celtics are obviously a great team, but they're going to struggle to create offensively without Kyrie in the lineup when you know when he's on the bench and things like that. Uh, so I think they're going to have issues. They're, they're still so young. I think that even that old Cavs team would have beaten them maybe in seven games. Maybe they win. Maybe this Cavs team wins in six now. But um, they're still not good enough to beat the Warriors or if the Rockets can somehow upset the, the Warriors in the West. But um, I think that they're they're better. They are in a better position today than they were than they were two days ago. But um, I still I think they make the finals. I don't think they they do much damage once they get there, though. What um, uh, let's talk about Isaiah for a second. They they acquire Isaiah Thomas. Big fanfare. Big trade. Should be a nice complimentary piece to LeBron. Take the load off. If LeBron leaves, you've got your star. What went wrong? Did they get enough of a sample size, or was this a deal where just the inju- where, where just they just were not a good fit? I think it's I, it's tough for Isaiah, right? I mean, he coming off of a serious injury. He's someone who needs one hundred percent of his athleticism. Isaiah Thomas, the ninety percent is not really um, worth it to give him the minutes because he's going to try to shoot a lot, and you can see what happens when he's not. Right, because you're going to shoot a 35 percent clip and really hurt your team. Um, not only was he not was he come up with a serious injury, but he's thrust on the, the big time spotlight and playing with LeBron, as we've seen throughout his career. Uh, while he makes everyone better, it's you have to, for stars they have to adjust to him. Chris Bosh took a long time to adjust to him. Kevin Love took a while to adjust to him. Isaiah Thomas is a ball dominant player, and he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much with LeBron on his team. So I think. He gets a little bit of a raw deal here. I think he comes away looking like, oh, maybe he's a Celtics thing. He was just not that good. He's a little overrated. I think he gets kind of a raw deal here. And who knows? Maybe he never gets back to that king of the fourth guy that he was with Boston. Maybe the hip injury, um, you know, sapped some of his athleticism from him. Or maybe he was just a, decent, a pretty good player that got really hot for four months. And people thought that he was great, but he really is just kind of a pretty good player. Um, either way, I think he gets a little bit of a raw deal here. I, it, but it's a shame, right? Because LeBron's probably gone at the end of the season. You can't really keep him if uh, there's a way to improve your team for now and moving forward. So I think he gets a little bit of a raw deal, but he'll have a chance to prove himself. You know, I think he'll he'll enjoy being in LA. That's where his, his name came from when his dad losing a bet. Um, so I think he'll enjoy being out there and playing next to Alonzo for the rest of the year, and we'll see what happens after that. 
Um, what piece that the Cavs acquired yesterday do you think will be the most useful for them? And you could include the draft pick if you don't think it'll have an impact on the, if you think that long term that'll be the best piece they picked up yesterday. Uh, I, I would say Larry Nance uh, might be the, the best pickup because he's going to be able to, to I, I could see them playing a lineup with LeBron and Nance at the 4-5 uh, against the Warriors and just being extremely mobile and be able to kind of switch and, and guard and Nance can guard multiple positions like LeBron can so I think that he's a, a really good fit for them defensively and, and he's going to be really important for them uh, down the stretch uh, a lot of people said that, that had been saying for weeks leading up that George Hill would be the piece that 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 could provide them the two-way player they needed. Uh, do you think that that that's been overhyped, or or do you think that especially defensively this team will improve almost immediately? Because watch any of their games and and they just could not play defense against anybody and got run over by multiple quality teams. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's kind of twofold. So, George Hill, I like George Hill. He's a good fit next to LeBron because he's not a ball-dominant player. He can he can shoot. He can play D. He'll do the little things. So, I like George Hill on this team. Um, I think he's a good fit. Uh, I think they're going to get better defensively just because they they have guys that are going to be are going to have higher energy now. They got rid of a lot of guys that. Um, to, to put it bluntly, they they either weren't talented enough to play defense, like Isaiah Thomas, who just can't physically is incapable of playing defense at an NBA level, or they had guys that um, just don't put the effort in. Now they're going to have guys that are going to have high energy and, and a high motor, and just that alone is going to increase their defensive fortitude. Um, so, And having George Hill at the top, you know, that, that helps. You know, Having someone that can slow down a point guard it can disrupt the whole entire offense. So uh, I like the moves they made. I think they're going to be better defensively. They're going to score transition more often. LeBron, um, Blade does. You know, you kind of get a superstar. Now you get, just get role players, but you're getting good role players, and it should make his life a little bit easier. Uh, and it's interesting to see how they fit in. A lot of these guys, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, a lot of these guys have not played uh, in playoff series or, or yeah. at least not lengthy ones. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they adjust to the spotlight and to playing with someone like LeBron. Final thing on the Cavs. How do you think LeBron's handled all this? This has been weird. This has been a weird, funky year for him. And this team, I mean, there have been things that have happened to LeBron, these back-to-back uh, blowout losses, just getting manhandled that just are, are, are very un-LeBron-like. Do you think he's handled it? I, I mean, publicly he's, 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 he's handled it, I, I think, as well as could be. But, but do you think that he's had to expend so much mental and physical anger, energy, begging, trying to do too much, etc., that he has enough in the tank now to make a run with better pieces. LeBron's always going to have to give 150%. Um, I mean, you look at what he did, what he's done in the finals the last three years, he's always has to be exhausted at the end of every game, at the end of the, the, end of the season. So I have, I have faith that he's the kind of guy that can that has the mental fortitude to do whatever it takes. If it, if it is kind of what you just described, then it's um, you know, begging and pleading with the management and also being the best player in the world and facilitating and scoring and playing defense and rebounding and all that stuff. I think if anyone could do it, it's LeBron. So um, I'm not necessarily worried about him you know, being mentally uh, you know, driven to the ground, but I, I think that the talent might not be there for him to get to, to, to win, but I, I have faith that he's going to rise to the occasion as, as he always does. I mean, look what he did. Um, I'm not sure if you saw the game against the Timberwolves the other night, but he was incredible in overtime. Um, and at the end of the fourth, so he's going to rise to the top if, if as you know, as as the opportunity comes. And that buzzer beater he hit was just—I mean—to catch that turn and shoot was just—I mean—that's that's that that's straight up 
skill right there. I mean, that's a really hard thing to do to catch it and turn like that and shoot in the same second. And he took a really bad shot at the end of regulation, I thought. It was a tie game. He had chucked up uh, three, and it was kind of, he had 20 seconds, just kind of dribbled in and took a three, and not a good shot. And I, and I said to the person I was watching with, and then overtime comes and he scores literally every basket except for one, which he assisted. Uh, three just completely took over at the end of the game. All right, um, let's let, let's move on uh, from that to some of the other moves that happened during the free agent period. Uh, uh, sorry, the um, uh, trade deadline period. Excuse me. Wow, I am way off here. Um, and uh, the Blake Griffin trade is interesting um, for many reasons. Um, Number one, I thought Detroit just stole him. I, I, th- I thought that, that that trade for the Pistons was just huge upside, and Clippers basically got a, a bunch of nice pieces, but, but nothing special. Were you surprised by the trade, and, and what are your thoughts on the trade? Excuse me. I was surprised by the trade, yes. Uh, I mean, the Clippers lauded Blake Griffin in the offseason off as, uh, you know, the next great, great Clipper. They mocked Rose's his jersey. They compared him to Martin Luther King and Gandhi and and uh, Abraham Lincoln and all these people, and I figured that he would not get traded you know, less than six months later, so I was definitely surprised that, that he was traded. Uh, the, you're right, the Clippers did get some nice pieces. It's really, really hard to get the right value for a superstar, um, which Blake Griffin is, in my opinion. It's so hard, because you, you can't trade a superstar for a superstar. It's not that it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Excuse me. So... Um, you know, I think they did okay on it. You know, they got a couple nice pieces. I would try to flip Avery Bradley if I was them. Um, I'm not sure what they're really doing. It's, we're kind of in a world where uh, teams are either trying to go for it and, and sell out and let's get, let's get all the great superstars we can get and let's try to do with the Warriors or let's kind of tank. Uh, the Clippers are going to, I feel like they're going to be that team in the middle for the next few years, so I'm not really sure what they're trying to do. You know, they just extended Lou Williams. I'm not exactly sure what their plan is. Um, should be interesting to see, but it's a great trade for the Pistons. They're 5-0 and since they've gotten since they've gotten Blake. I think Drummond is a more skilled version of DeAndre, so it'll be nice. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to fit together. They really need some shooting on that team, but um, that's, with, with, with Boogie out, that's the, that's the best front court in the NBA with Blake and, uh, and Drummond. I, 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 I saw a headline um yesterday that the biggest winner of the trade deadline was actually Andre Drummond. <laughs> um, to your point about them being 5-0 and since acquiring Blake, what do you think their ceiling is? They're tied for eighth right now with Philly. If, 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 if this team can, can keep playing like they are now, what's, what do you think their ceiling is? Um, I'm still not, a, I don't think they're, I don't think they even went around in the playoffs. I don't think they're better than Robert and the Cavs. They're not better than the Celtics. They're not better than the Raptors. The Wizards are healthy and clicking. They've had some issues. I think that they're better than them, too. I think when it, when, when it comes down to it, you can pack the paint against this team. I'm not a Blake been hitting threes, but I'm not a believer that he's going to be able to hit them at a high volume uh, in a play, in a, in a, through a playoff series. Uh, so I think you can just pack the paint against them and, and, and make them you know stay out, outside. And I think that, that I, don't, I don't see them winning a playoff series. If they, if they, if they do, they're going to win one, and they're not going to go past that. Um, so I, I they have, and for that they'd have to get up to a, a five or a four seed to, to, to do that. So I don't really see them going going too far um, in, in the playoffs. But they they have the core now. Now they have two big pieces. They got to figure out the point guard situation because Smith's not a starting point guard. Reggie Jackson has been hurt and has not been that effective the last two years. 
they're going to have to figure out what to do there. But you know, that's two very good pieces to build around. They're going to dominate on the glass. They're going to be they're going to pass well. Blake and Drummond are both great passers, and Drummond's obviously improved greatly at the free throw line this year. So they have pieces, and that hopefully will attract some free agents for them to go go there and play. Detroit's not a great place to play, but um, they have they have a core now. Stan Van Gundy's obviously a very good coach as well. All right, all right. Are you surprised talking with um, uh, Jordan Brickman here on the NBA trade deadline? Trade deadline on teeing it up. Um, were you surprised that uh, DeAndre was not traded? I was, um, especially because I feel like I, I mean the Cavs probably did not want to trade that net pick. I guess it's probably what it comes down to they traded their own pick, obviously, but um, they I think they 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 finally wanted to walk away, knowing that they still had the net pick, but. Yeah, DeAndre to that so that that group they just let say you trade out on Tristan and uh, the pick for for DeAndre or something something of that of that sort. Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty darn good deadline they just had. They already had a good deadline. It would have been kind of the icing on the cake, yeah. the exclamation point on the end of it. Um, so and DeAndre's here for another few. His contract does not does not expire. So if they're trying to entice LeBron to say, hey, we got all this young talent now. You know, we, we're more athletic, we're more dynamic, and we got DeAndre Jordan. That that would have been interesting to me. They, I saw a report the Clippers thought that they had uh, a, a, a framework for a trade, but nothing nothing wound up happening. I'm surprised that he wasn't he wasn't dealt for sure, especially because the Clippers traded Blake, which goes back to my point of what are they doing? What exactly is the, are the Clippers trying to pull off here? So uh, I was definitely surprised. I thought he would have been a nice fit, especially with this new athletic group. Um and and. Um I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. Um, so I will get back to that when I think of it. Um, you look at... Um, oh, oh y- y- yes, the, the Phoenix uh, and um, uh, Magic deal. The Magic... I mean, that's a franchise that's struggled uh, for a while, and they keep moving people. They uh, moved Victor Oladipo a couple of... Uh, years ago or last year, whenever that was. See, so many trades have happened that I lose track of what's happened. Um, but um, the the um, uh, but uh, the magic. I lost my place on this page. They uh, traded Alfred Payton to the uh, Suns. A, what do you think the Magic are doing? And, and and B, is this the piece Phoenix needed to make a run of some kind? Um, no, I don't think Phoenix is making any kind of run, but uh, I think Payton, Payton's a nice fit. Um, the, and interesting, the Magic were so willing to trade him. I mean, he's a restricted free agent. Clearly, they don't think that he is the point guard of the future, but he's got some pretty good numbers. I was thinking of peek at them because the Knicks were rumored to, to um, be interested in him because Scott Perry drafted him and, and liked him. Um, he's not a bad player. He's shooting 52% from the field. I think his three-point shooting has improved this year. He's shooting about 37% from three. From three. Can't shoot free throws, but He's got a, uh, a great NBA body for the point guard position. He has the tools to be a good defender. Uh, not sure how good of a defender he is now, but he has the tools to do it. Uh, it's weird that they just gave him up for a second-round pick. I know there was rumors that, that, he, that they went to the Knicks and said, give us Frank Nielakina for him. They said no. And then, okay, he turned around and traded for a second-round pick. You know, it's, it's interesting that they kind of... Desperation. ...pennies on the dollar. Uh, I mean, the Knicks could have also offered... I'm happy the Knicks didn't trade Nielakina, but they could have offered a second-round pick for him, and they would have given maybe Doug McDermott as well um, to, to take a shot at him, but they did it for Moody instead. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting move. The Magic have missed a lot of players. Aaron Gordon's a good player. Uh, that, that's been um, 
pretty obvious. He's definitely someone to build around. I think Isaac should be okay. Um, but they are just they are just really struggling over there. I could see them getting Trey Young in this year's draft, and I could see that that being a nice fit for them. Um, but they're yeah, the Suns, the Suns have a lot of issues there. Marquise Chris, who's their talented, um, you know, big man, dynamic kind of guy. He has not developed like they think. I think they hope this year. Josh Jackson struggled at times, but he's really raw. Uh, they have they have some issues they got to figure out over there. They have still, they have still too many big men, and none of them are really doing much. Tyson Chandler, Alex Len, uh, they had Monroe for a little bit. Um, so they, they need to figure some things out over there. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting trade, but I think it's kind of much ado about nothing because Payne's probably going to be a free agent um, any, any day now. This moves us now to what the Pelicans did. Now, the Pelicans, I mean, look, losing uh, Boogie was just soul-crushing uh, for that franchise and, and for their future. So they and Chicago do this really, really intricate deal um, involving Asik, Allen, Nelson for... Um, Miratik, who I can never pronounce, but I think I just did correctly. Um, what's your take on that deal, and can New Orleans save this after losing somebody who was having a heck of a season in a, in a boogie? Yeah, well, I agree. It's devastating for the franchise. I mean, it's devastating for the franchise, it's devastating for Boogie. I feel really bad for him because he hasn't really been on a good team in his career. It's the first time he's playing really well and the team's playing well. Uh, he's got a great partner in Anthony Davis. And, and um, to boot, the Achilles injury could be a career-altering injury. Uh, that's pretty much the worst injury that you can have. So, so it's really really disappointing for them and really for the NBA. Um, Amir, this trade's a nice trade. I mean, he's had a really good year. Maybe they can make the playoffs and hold on. They have to obviously stay at a high level. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, they're not going to do much come playoff time. I mean, I think a win for them would just be getting the playoffs and – um, you know, develop that a little bit further and hope that Boogie comes back, you know, ready to play next year. I think he's probably going to miss the start of the season. Um, but it's a nice fit. It's a, shame. it's a really a shame. Miritich would have been a great fit next to Boogie and next to Anthony Davis. But, uh, you know, maybe they can make the playoffs as an 8th seed or 7th seed, but I don't feel doing much past that. So this brings me to the thing you brought up a couple minutes ago, which is why are these trades happening? Is it teams that think they can do more? Is it team uh, more than... What's logical is it teams that 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 the playoffs is an accomplishment because there is this no man's land of in basically both these conferences, but especially the West, when I think everybody universally agrees that the Warriors are going to run this thing. Um, that you know you that six to twelve basically is the same sort of kinda. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I think part of it you're seeing is because of the the free agent spending pool spending that happened two years ago. Teams don't have money, uh, and they're not going to have money this offseason. So I think some of the trades is positioning for that um, to either get the piece that they need or to um, position themselves to maybe have money in the offseason. So I think it's a lot of jostling around that because a lot of teams don't have money. They kind of just they thought that when they raised the cap, they're like free money for all. Let's just let's just give a bunch of money to our players. But they didn't really think long term at all, and now they're they're kind of paying for it. So um, it's, it's interesting to see that you know which teams are making trades and and what because you know the offseason might be a quiet one for, for some teams. Or you look at Lou Williams, who was a perennial All Star this year, and you got eight million dollars a year for an extension. That's not much. That's below market value. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how it progresses over the next you know six months or so. All right. 
Now this sets up the next question, which is who else besides DeAndre were you surprised was not trade? I, I would think Tyreek Evans could be tops that list. And number two, who's gonna who do you expect to be bought out and will make an immediate impact on somebody in what some are saying could be a robust buyout market? Yeah, Tyreek Evans for sure because the Grizzlies have no reason to keep him. Like I don't understand. If you can't get the right deal that you want, you might as well still trade him for something because he's not, you know, he's not a piece of your future. So you might as well just get rid of him. Um, so that that's a little surprising. Um, I thought that I mean to look at the Knicks. I'm surprised the Knicks didn't trade Courtney Lee or Kyle Quinn. Uh, seems like those are two guys that, you know, we don't really have a need for them at the moment. Let's let some younger guys play and kind of embrace the tank. Um, as far as buyouts go, uh, let me say, well, Derrick Rose obviously got bought out, you know. Ex-MVP, he's going to go to the Wolves, but uh, I, don't, I don't think that he's, he's got much left. Let me, let me think for, for buyout. Uh, I saw Nerlens Noel might get bought out, um, and that's an interesting one because some teams, I could see him going to the Cavs as a defensive player that, that comes in. Uh, you know, Tristan Thompson's really struggled this year, so I could see Noel being an interesting one uh, for, for them. And Vince Carter is another interesting one, you know. It's questionable how much he has left in the tank. Would you look at what Richard Jefferson did, uh, you know, the last few years in the playoffs? You know, sometimes these veteran guys can come in and give you, you know, good minutes, pitch you a three or two, you know, stretch the floor and, you know, be that kind of calming presence out there. So there's always some names out there. I'm probably forgetting one or two. Anyone, anyone I'm forgetting that, that, uh, that comes to mind for you? No, um, not offhand, but I, I, I do... Um uh, I totally forgot. I was looking this up, and I totally just forgot what I was going to say. This is the second time this has happened. I apologize. Um, okay. But um, uh, did it, did, yes, the uh, this is not it. But I, I, I totally agree with you on somebody like a Nerlens Noel who could be. Um, uh, 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 sorry, Marco Bellinelli is going to get uh, bought out here. Uh, looks like from the Hawks. I don't know if he could be of use to anybody, but. Um, no, it, the Cavs, I could see trying to get last-ditch defensive help. And, and that, I think, is, is what's going to be interesting, is if you believe... I, I, if we're down to three or four pieces, sorry, three or four teams that have a legitimate shot at this, it could be the, the Richard Jefferson type. Oh, 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 sorry, here's what I was going to say. Vince Carter can still dunk. We know that. Yeah. He posts videos about it every day. Um, <laughs> or somebody does. But it could be that one or two itty-bitty piece, that, that, that kind of random piece that could be what you know puts them over the top, which is really interesting considering what Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye, two kind of forgotten um, uh, pieces in theory, did a couple years ago. Um, you know, your shooting's always going to be a valuable asset, and so is defense. So those are the guys that I think you'll see get bought out, um, and uh, you know, be, be signed by by teams. I think the 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 Thunder are definitely going to need somebody to play the two because they can't be closing games out. Raymond Felton out there, um, they're going to have to find somebody. Tony Allen just got bought out. I can see him going there. Um, you know, they they're going to need something that uh, I think I can see the big big players in that. Uh, free agency pool. All right, and that brings us to our poor Knicks. Mm. Our poor Knicks. Um, you and I were there a couple weeks ago, and, and we saw, you know, that that shot at the buzzer. KP hit. You know, it's the talent of KP. This 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 team had struggled. It had struggled mightily. I don't know if we were going anywhere, 
But just to see that um, was soul crushing. You obviously embraced the tank immediately. They did not trade Leo Quinn, but they did acquire Moutier. You're the biggest Frank supporter I know. How do you see this all playing out? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I like the, the trade. I think it's a good um, low risk, high reward move. You know, I like McDermott. I thought that he did. He was better than I think people expected. But we kind of know what he is. At best, he's you know, off the bench, stretching the floor, and can is maybe a better defender than we thought. He's pretty good at cutting, but he's not going to be a game-changer. Moutier's had a really bad start to his career. Um, but point guard is the quarterback of the NBA. You know, it, it takes years to really learn it, especially right now with the level of talent he has to go against every night. So it's good to pick him up. I think, I think he's going to be a nice fit next to Hardaway. I think it speaks a little bit to the fact that they don't think Frank is going to be super close to being um, an NBA-ready starting point guard, which is fine because we didn't really expect him to be. He's probably a little bit better than we thought he would be when he got drafted, so he's probably a little ahead of the curve right now, but um, he definitely needs probably two years before we can really hand him the reins. So let's get another guy in there. If we, if we find a diamond in the rough, then great. Frank is, a, is an asset and a piece, and you know maybe these guys are both big. Moutier and Frank are both 6'5", 6'4". Big guards, they can play next to each other, and they can play off the ball. So I think it's a smart move. Let's let's see if we can hit. Um, You know, if Lightning will strike us and, uh, you know, get a great player and great, great starter. Otherwise, he's a free agent after next season, and we we we, we put our hands up and we say, all right, go go sign somewhere else. But um, I really like Moutier. I wanted the Knicks to draft Moutier over Porzingis. Um, obviously, I was dead wrong there, but I'm excited to have him on the team. I've been watching highlights uh, over the last 24 hours and seeing kind of what he does well, what he doesn't do well. Obviously, he's a great athlete, but decision-making is kind of an issue for him. Uh, so we'll see how, how that progresses. But, look, guy's 21 years old. He's a great athlete. Um, let's let him let's see how he does here and then see how he can develop. And, you know, some people were saying, just since he got out of Denver, let's get him a fresh start somewhere. So maybe this will be an opportunity for him to, to kind of prove himself at a new market. And again, like I said, low risk, high reward. So it's worth a shot. With apologies if I missed something today um, that happened, the Knicks now would have four point guards, correct? With Jack, Burke, Frank, and uh, Moutier. Uh, is Burke the odd man out here? I think I will. I hope that Jack is the odd man out because um, there's no sense in playing him at this point. Jack yeah. has done a great job this year. Jack has somehow not been hurt all season, which is a shock to me. Yeah. And he's, he's done a pretty good job, especially for someone that had a non-guaranteed contract, didn't even get a guaranteed deal in the NBA. Coming into the season, he's done a pretty damn good job, but there's no sense of playing him at this point. Let's, you have 48 minutes tonight for, for point guard. Let's divvy it up. Let's give it, give it to Burke. Let's give it to Frank. Let's give it to, to Moutier. Um, if it was up to me, Jack wouldn't even be playing at this point because there's, no, there's no value in it. Um, especially because, again, I know they're not going to say they're tanking. They're, the players are going to play hard. The players don't want to tank, but you know, let's let's work with the rotations here. Let's get Dotson out there. Let's get some of the G League guys in that have two-way deals. Let's start to start developing these guys and see what we have. There's no point in playing Jack. Cornelius minutes should go down. Um, you know, all these guys minutes should start to go down just because there's no sense in, in in playing them as much as they as they are. All right, Warriors Rockets. It's going to be a heck of a series if it happens. Um, and and I think that it will. The the, the 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 way the Rockets score is just insane. Um, how how do you see this playing? And and a do you believe we're going that direction right now towards that as a Western Conference Finals? And b 
uh, you know, how do you see that playing out? The Warriors right now, you know, only six and four in the last ten, and kind of aren't playing their best ball. But then again, this is kind of the dog days until the All Star break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Rockets um, are, are the, the second best team in the, in the entire NBA. Uh, I think the Thunder are. They want. I feel like they want to be there. I think the Thunder are kind of a tough matchup for the Warriors, just because if they were to play, just because the Thunder, the Warriors are a little sloppy with the ball at times. That's kind of their one Achilles heel. They're turnover prone. The Thunder are great at, at forcing turnovers and they're great at transition. So that is that could be an issue uh, if they play each other. Glad that I think the Warriors are would beat the Thunder, and I think they would beat the the Rockets as well. Um, but I, I, the Rockets have been incredible. Um, I think this second unit. Led by Chris Paul when he's when he's on the floor and no James Harden um, could be a difference maker in a series against the Warriors, but I can't see any current team in the NBA taking the Warriors past six games. I can't see them going seven against anybody. Um, I hope it happens. I want to see some, some competition. It should be some 130 to 135 games, you know, yes. like that. Um, yes. But. Uh, I don't see. I don't see anyone taking it out. That game a couple Saturday nights ago was a track meet. I mean that that was keep up with us if you can. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, two things here. Uh, n- number one is it is is it, it you still think it's the Cavs out of the East? Is it if it's not them? Is it is it the Celtics or the Raptors? Celtics. Celtics. Um, I mean the Raptors have never really put it together in a playoff. In the playoffs, they kind of always. Their stars, Lowry and DeRozan, kind of always seem to struggle when the when the, the lights are brightest. But they're hell hell of a player, so both of them are, are pretty damn good players. So it, it is a matter of time before they have kind of their moment in the playoffs. But I don't see them beating uh, the Celtics or the or the Cavs. Um, and would you bring Hayward back this year? I mean, look, it's a broken bone. So uh, to me, if it's if it's if the bones heal, then it feels strong enough. Then let him play if he's if, if that you know uh, if he's healthy. I see no reason why you shouldn't let him play. Bring him in for 10, 15 minutes off the bench. Um, that's that's a pretty damn good guy to bring in. And if he's playing well and feeling it, then let him play longer. But um, if there's risk to re hurt it again, then then I wouldn't. But that's for the medical staff to decide. If they say that he's healthy, then then, then put him out there. Jordan Brickman's go-to jam right now is uh, the Black Panther soundtrack came out today, and it is. Fire. Uh, I, rec- I heavily recommend checking out. Kendrick Lamar produced it and curated it. He's on like half the songs. Um, so I don't remember all the names of the songs yet, but I liked like 75% of it. Uh, so I would recommend checking checking that out if you're looking for some new music. The Black Panther soundtrack is, is really good. As always, Jordan Brickman, thanks for coming on Teeing It Up. Cool. Thanks, Jeremy.